Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today's guest is actually someone in customer success. So before you leave, because I know everyone listens to that is about sales, uh, I think it's very important that we get this guest and his point of view, uh, because we often have a hard time working with a customer success. So welcome, Saucha, VP Customer Success at Contentful on the show. Welcome, Saud. Ah, Thank you. Great to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, not too bad, you know, given the current uh, corona chaos, uh, just trying to take it one day at a time. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good approach, one day at a time. So for our guests, can you maybe present yourself, tell a bit about your, you know, who you are, what you're doing, and a bit of your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, so again, my name is Saud Shah. I am a customer success enthusiast and professional. I've been doing customer success for the last 20 years. And I essentially started out in, um, you know, I'm an engineer by trade. So uh, computer science and electrical engineering, but, um, you know, was really into professional services um, in my first five years of my career. So got into technical professional services and that <clears throat> really resonated with me. And so I've been uh, running PS teams and then that evolved into customer success teams and support teams. So over the last uh, 15 years, I've been running professional services teams, customer success teams, support teams, um, sort of all encompassing within the customer success organization. Okay, okay. Uh, and right now I, I run customer success at Contentful, mm-hmm. uh, which is a content management software company. Okay, okay, great. Um, and so, so can you maybe define the, uh, like how you came into like, so professional service, how did it bring you to actually go to customer success? Yeah. So <clears throat> as you know, professional services is all about managing the customer and giving them outcomes, usually when they're onboarding on the project or at any time in the customer life cycle. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to work for a number of product companies that needed professional services to help with the technical portion of the implementation. And so it was really about how can we get this customer up and running and getting value from our product as quickly as possible so that we retain them. And that became the mantra over time. And then, uh, you know, we learned uh, over the last 10, 15 years that onboarding is just one part of a successful customer experience that drives retention and ultimately expansion. And so, uh, you know, and, and there became, uh, and, and therein, and, and as we moved from a world that was mostly about, <clears throat> about um, software licenses, 
uh, you know, we went from uh, that world to a world of SaaS subscriptions, right? Mm -hmm. And so as, as we moved into that world, it became that much more important to ensure the customer renews and expands. And there evolved this large body of knowledge around, well, how do you make sure the customer renews? How do you make sure the customer expands? How do you drive onboarding effectively? And, and uh, basically a whole, basically a framework of uh, around uh, creating a strategy to maximize customer revenue. And I kind of felt, fell into it serendipitously as I went from one customer facing role to another. Um, and it became almost necessary to really learn as much as possible about this so that we could drive results and outcomes with our customers. Okay. Okay, good. So I really like your, your approach on, on that, on customer success, because uh, often in sales, what we, we do is just like, we we're focused on our commission, you know, and our deal, we close the deal and then we kind of, uh, it's like set it and forget it. And uh, often that derives uh, like really big problems down the line. So it's basically, you start like the uh, time clock. I mean, you decide your timer, there's a 12 months timer. And then, uh, you know, like 11 months before we're like, oh, we need to renew how to do that. And then people are like, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge problem there. So there's something that is very tensed between uh, sales and, and customer success. So what's your opinion on that? And, and maybe if you have some nice horror stories to share, uh, that, would be, uh, that would be cool to hear about that. Yeah. So in terms of the relationship between customer success and sales, well, um, here's how I see it, right? In order to run a thriving business, there's a number of different functions or workflows that need to be followed, right? Um, and, and those workflows are typically, um, you know, all about you know, hunting for the new logo, onboarding the customer, uh, ensuring that this customer uh, is renews somehow, right? And then trying to drive some kind of system or process to ensure this customer is expanding. Now, <clears throat> now so these three functions can be done by anyone, or these four functions can be done by anyone. Sales can do all four. Customer success can do all four. But, but these two different organizations, sales and customer success, have different advantages based on their position in the customer journey. So hunting for new logos is typically done by sales because you know, there's a compensation model and they are typically known as hunters. They'll go out and they'll find the opportunity and they'll bring it home and so on and so forth. Then in terms of renewals and ensuring that the customer renews, let's dig into that a little bit more. Uh, you know, renewals from my perspective is all about have we enabled the customer to derive value from the product and has the customer actually de derived value from the product? What does that require? Either that requires a product that's super self-service and a customer can start to get value from it right away, mm -hmm. or it requires some kind of onboarding process and then regular, and then regular check-ins to make sure that the customer is getting value or to point them in the right direction. Yeah. Now that again, I found that uh, sales can definitely do it, but what the customer is really looking for is someone they can trust as a trusted advocate, as a trusted advisor. And that role is typically done better by a 
trusted advocate, which typically aligns better with a customer success motion for the renewals and the retention and making sure the customer renews, taking advantage of, of uh, trust and attitudinal loyalty to ensure that the customer is feeling positive yeah. and trying to predict and then ultimately impact renewal and retention. And that brings us to our third one, which is expansion. And this is really interesting because this is the one where you could go either way. Sales could do it, customer success can do it. And it really depends on the situation of the, of the company that's creating the strategy. Let's suppose you have super high churn. Then most of your customer success people will probably be focusing most of their time in stopping the leaky bucket yeah. and trying to manage escalations, drive customers to value and manage churn. And then in that case, the salespeople are essentially left to ensure that we're also growing revenue at these accounts um, and hunting down new opportunities because that's kind of a place of strength. Now, in another situation, you can have where a, you know, a company has low churn. The, cust the product is super sticky. Mm -hmm. In that case, I think that a case can be made for uh, specialization of responsibilities where salespeople are hunting new logos and CSMs because they have more availability and have time to focus on growth and expansion, they can focus more on uh, gathering verified outcomes and pushing the customer towards expansion as opposed to retention through a well thought out strategy. So, you know, in my mind, it can be done, like all three of these functions can be done by anyone. It really depends on the strengths on your team and the situation of your company. Okay. Yeah, that, very interesting, actually, the, uh, the different kind of situ scenarios you, you gave. Um, one thing I've, I've noticed a lot in sales, and it's like I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that, is um, like, you know, it's, it's, in, you know, in the nature of a lot of salespeople, we like kind of, uh, I would call that fresh blood, you know, it's, uh, but we like hunting for new logos. And once we have the new logo, we like going for the, another one. And one thing I noticed is that um, for me, it's been very hard to upsell an account because I like this kind of uh, lending the new logo and, and these kind of things. And I found, you know, whenever you kind of do a handover and you give to customer success, I find it very hard because we often tend to, uh, in sales, to, to leave the relationship. And when you come back, it sounds very opportunistic. You know, it's like, hey, I'm back there. You want to spend money with me? So how do you, you, you manage this kind of thing? And how do you suggest that uh, hunters like me avoid this kind of thing, basically? Yeah, I think there's two things here. Uh, one is um, getting a customer to a point where they're getting value from the product and that has to do with onboarding. And we should talk about what a good onboarding looks like because if you get the customer onboarded correctly and they're getting value, then it's less opportunistic when you come back because they're deriving value from the product. The second thing is once they start deriving value from the product, how do you capture those outcomes and how do you reinforce those outcomes to the customer? And then using those outcomes, how do you evangelize to other organizations that can be inspired by those outcomes and can give you an opportunity to buy, to sell their business to you? Uh, so those are really the two things. So if, if you think about the onboarding, uh, you know, this is really about uh, the handoff, the kickoff, reviewing yeah. expectations, what are we going to do, by when, 
you know, providing weekly status updates, like, and, 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 and at the, and all along ensuring that there's clarity around what the customer is trying to achieve, mm -hmm. what outcomes there are, and ensuring that the onboarding path is setting them up to get success. Um, and, and having like good learnings, good observations, best practices, suggestions on, on that piece on the onboarding. Second piece is about the, um, is about the uh, capturing those outcomes. So actually documenting, look, we helped you attain this and our product helped you attain this and this aligns with the goals that you set out. And sometimes customers forget yeah. about the goals and whether they were able to achieve it or not. And so capturing verified outcomes in my mind is a huge part of yeah. tabulating that success and then, and then evangelizing that to other organizations that you can potentially sell those outcomes to and say, you could probably use that as well. Yeah. And if you keep up those regular checkpoints and check-ins, then it doesn't feel so opportunistic when you touch base with that customer for that renewal. Okay. Yeah, really, that's very interesting what you just said because it kind of... Uh... Thanks for that. I got good learning there. It's like, for me, I really love building use case and, and testimonials with customers. You know, you go and say, hey, that's what we, we achieved and everything. And um, as you said, it's something you don't need to, you, just the fact of, of uh, as a hunter of like working on, on the effect of your product and what you're, you're doing and then evangelizing within the organization to, to build the account and outside to, to kind of hunt, I think is, is, a, is a really good, good way to do that. And uh, um, so that's something something I've actually tried also what you said is like often you know we, when we you do like a pilot project or whatever you will have like a, a phase of a, like a honeymoon phase where everything goes well for a month and like after three months often like things kind of start falling apart so it's always pretty hard to um, to measure that but like I found that you know like repeating these these goals as you said repeating like how you help them achieve these kind of things is really uh, essential to actually either convert or keep keep running there and so no, I think it's um, it's it's a really good uh, good approach you you gave there. I'll, what, add, I'll yeah? add one more thing to that if if it's okay. I think um, one way to formalize that approach is the creation of a success plan, mm -hmm. and so the success plan should actually be started at sales, right? So yeah. the the first proposal is the first version of a success plan where you're essentially saying this is what you need. And this is how we'll get you there. Yeah. And as you go through onboarding, you add more context and detail to that success plan around how we get you there. And then, uh, you know, once they're live and they're using the product, maybe a CSM or even a salesperson is constantly updating that success yeah. plan to document the successes you had and to like chart a path to getting the customer to yeah. that next success. Yeah. Okay, super cool. I really love that uh, success plan. So um, you talked about like the, the handover. I'd love to, to kind of dig a bit deeper in there. There's something where a lot of confusion often happens in this exact moment. You know, often you have like, a, I don't know, a kickoff call and then you're going to have the rep being there and then the customer success person like kind of running the kickoff call. And often, you know, that's where there's a break. So how do you, you suggest running a good handover and, uh, and making it as smooth as possible? Yeah. So handover definitely happens before the kickoff call. And so it's, um, you know, it's necessary for one, the customer success team to clearly document what information they need mm -hmm. from sales to clearly uh, guide the customer moving forward. Typically that includes like 
why did they purchase? What goals are they trying to achieve? How do they measure those goals? Um, you know, what functionality are they trying to build? What processes are they trying to implement? And most, and more importantly, like, what's the story? Like, why did this customer purchase? What, what things are changing in the industry that are, that are applying pressure on this customer yeah. to make changes to their business that gets them to a point where they're purchasing your product. So you, so understanding that whole thing, I think is really important. And then, uh, and then uh, driving some rigor around the process of documenting that information in a place that can be accessible to the customer success people and, and then reviewing it ahead of time, potentially having a meeting with the salesperson to better understand those motivations and any discussions that happen during the sales cycle around exceptions or any promises that were made or any specific things that the customer was very, very passionate about achieving, I think are all important to include in that, in that handoff. And then, uh, and then you walk into the kickoff prepared as a customer success professional. It's not about learning for the first time, reviewing the doc for the first time. No, no, no. You're walking in and you're telling the customer that, you know, the salesperson and I are partners and we've already reviewed everything that you have told us. And I'm going to give you a summary of everything that we already know. Now let's build on that and let's yeah. use my expertise with the product to help you get, help you get there until now it was all about promises. Now this is where the rubber meets the road. And my job is to help you get those outcomes. So, and then the second part of that handoff, that's really important is about um it's about inspiring confidence in your customer right it's about and so the way that you do that is by coming in with a well uh oiled motion mm -hmm. well rehearsed motion and in, and and informing the customer that we've done this a hundred times before this is what we do every day and we bring customers to value every day and we can do it and we will do it for you. And then the third part to that is how, how do we do that? And, and here's the timeline, here's the sequence of events, here's what I need from you, here's what I will do. Setting expectations around what this process will look like, I think is critical. And then, and then fourth is like, uh, is this creating a path, right? Creating a plan and say, all right, Here's what the plan is going to look like and then executing on that plan and providing regular updates. So I went beyond the handoff into the actual execution, yeah. but the steps before the handoff and the steps after the handoff are also super important. Okay. Yeah. The, the preparation, I really love this part because I think it, um, if you discuss, um, you know, if you do enterprise deals or even in mid market, often that's a, uh, there's exceptions, as you said. Um, and so if you discuss that with the customer success manager and then this person actually presents during the kickoff, there's kind of a, a very kind of proactive motion that appears for the customer. And then they're like, whoa, that's different. You know, they are not just another number. They really discuss that and, and they really, you know, they really work at it as a team. And I think that's also uh, what provides, like that's mostly how you provide value, not always a solution or whatever, but just this kind of relationship you've built and showing that you've done your homework is a great way to, uh, to provide value there. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, another important uh, focus for customer success is churn reduction. Um, so that, that's something where I've been in uh, many companies where <laughs> we were 
working so hard to close the deal and then you know it kind of churned the, the churn was huge uh, for different reasons but like um what's what's the role of customer success around churn reduction yeah so um you know i was at uh, at one point i was at host analytics and the ceo of host analytics is named dave kellogg mm-hmm. uh dave kellogg is known for having a uh, a quote he says like 90% of churn happens at point of sale <laughs> right and so very much it's about like and i like to think about these things in a in a chronological order mm-hmm. right so starting with the sale i think it's like the first thing is it's it's all about ensuring that the customer knows what they purchased and having alignment and and clear expectations around you know how that product will help to help them get to value yeah. and so and so essentially ideally the like you can fix that in the product by having a preview period by giving the customer a chance to play with the product before they actually purchase mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of one piece um and then and then beyond that so so um and then and then as i had said earlier right having that clarity around exactly what the customer is trying to achieve like i looked at it from the cs standpoint but from a sales standpoint it's important that the salesperson is getting that information from the prospect and is doing an adequate job of marrying their needs with our solution and 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 actually there's some intellectual honesty around ensuring that there's a there's a fit otherwise we will see a churn so then beyond that so like moving beyond the sales cycle then i think the number two thing to think about is the is the onboarding and we already discussed what how important the onboarding is and getting the customer up to a point where they can start to get value from the product these i think are two of the largest best things most important things that are necessary to set up a customer for success now beyond that then it's about risk identification escalation management success or retention plans and executive alignment so these are the four things to think about when managing churn and risk so risk identification is really about health scoring so how do you do you know your customer base well enough to be able to identify the key variables metrics numbers to look at that will help to predict and identify areas of risk um you know is it adoption is it specific features that a customer should be using but they aren't is it a specific level of usage um is it a csat or nps survey uh is it how engaged they are with your support organization because if they're not engaged then maybe they're not really even digging in so all of these um all of these are indicators to whether a customer is engaged sufficiently and if they're not then there's risk and and uh, scoring your customer's health to identify risk i think is super important then the second part to that is how do you once there once you've identified the risk what do you do about it and how do you how do you mitigate risk uh and how do you uh create your coverage plan so that you cover as much of the risk as possible with your human resources and and uh also um are able to use data to manage the risk for a large part of your customers then 
after that, so, so how do you do coverage across your risk? Then the third thing to think about is once a risk has turned into an escalation, what's your process to manage that escalation and how quickly does it get escalated to the right level? Are you investing too much resource on managing individual escalations or not enough resource? And then once you have gotten engagement from the customer and they give you an opportunity to manage the escalation and resolve the escalation, then it's about creation of a success plan to get them from this, um, from this state where they're upset mm -hmm. to a, a place where they're happy and they're getting value from the product and so on and so forth. The last thing I'll say on this is exact alignment. I'm a big believer in exec stakeholder alignment. And so one strategy to uh, impacting churn or risk is about getting executives at the customer and our company engaged together. And that indicates uh, a really um, significant, significant investment from yeah. us and also attention and also uh, credibility that we really care our senior most people on our company are committed to ensuring that there's oversight and they will remain engaged until this escalation is resolved. Yeah. And so these are four ways to really manage risk and uh, impact churn. Yeah, I really like the, the last one on the uh, executive kind of, of alignment, as you said. It's, uh, I think it's one of the less, uh, like I can see in sales and also in CS, it's one of the less used uh, technique that people do. Like executive sponsor, for example, in sales is super powerful because you can play good cop, bad cop. And as you said, you know, it's like it creates another dynamic. And um, if you keep that, you know, after the deal has been closed, it's perfect because it's kind of the, uh, you know, it's kind of the, the red, red phone, you know, like uh, Moscow, uh, Washington. And it's like, hey, it's not working. Help me there. And so that, I think that's, that's a, a really cool dynamic and uh, it's, it's a good way to get there. How do you actually, because I, I guess if you're an exec, you can't just go on every deal and just like put out fire all the time. You have other things to do. So how do you choose the deals you're actually focusing on as an exec? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's um, we prioritize by numbers, right? And so it's about the largest deals. And so uh, at places that I've worked on, uh, at, we break it up between new opportunities that need to be closed and existing customers that need to be saved. And typically the execs at the company will split into these two teams. And typically the sales, the CEO, uh, sometimes even the CFO is engaged in new deals. Whereas the CS product support engineering, um, and again, the CEO, typically, uh, you know, CEO, they're focused on existing customers and ensuring that we can manage these escalations. And then we create buckets and categories and tiers of customers. And we just kind of tier the most important and the most strategic and the highest ARR customers will go to our, uh, will, will be managed by, in the case of an escalation by our CEO. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of bring it down from there. And it's on a case by case basis. Hopefully we don't have escalations all the time. And yeah. so we look at who has the relationship with that customer and who would be the best person to engage based on their issue. If they have a product issue, maybe it's best for the VP of product to engage. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's also on a case by case. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's kind of a, an official SLA 
and uh yeah the best way to be to be treated well is to spend more <laughs> so it's uh it's yes yeah, it's, it's smart um and so there's a, a another part um, of uh, of customer success that we sometimes forget it's expansion so um can you tell me a bit more about that and how you typically see that and the the role of uh, customer success there yeah so um i think that customer success has a huge opportunity to drive expansion at customers. And, and I say that because of the unique position of customer success in the customer journey, they are the only organization that is focused entirely on driving outcomes for customers. And the philosophy is that, that it is those outcomes that would play the largest part in driving expansion more than you know an expensive dinner or a round of golf or relationship building it's about those outcomes and so who's tracking those out customer success is tracking those outcomes mm -hmm. or they should be and so i look at it in the in sort of a um in a model where if customer success can segment their time across high growth and steady growth customers and, and try and address most of the steady or non-high growth customers through a digital touch model where we're using automation, automated surveys, and data to identify risk. And really the focus on the steady growth customers is to drive retention, right? But then you segment and you, you, you do math to identify your high growth customers. And that's where your CSMs are mostly engaged with high touch motion. And in their high touch motion, what they're doing is, is documenting verified outcomes. And then in large organizations where there is substantial opportunity for expansion and cross-selling, uh, you know, essentially the idea is to do evangelism Mm -hmm. and to do targeted evangelism with those organizations using the great outcomes that you've driven from your initial land deal. And, uh, and, and essentially, so the, the steps are drive the verified out outcome, document the verified outcome, make this customer a reference, push that reference to your customer marketing team to drive case studies, testimonials, and videos to drive uh, sort of uh, inspiration across your customer base in a one-to-many, and then also use those good outcomes to drive a very targeted motion towards specific organizations that you think you can sell to, and and it's and and essentially um, evangelize to them. The minute, in my opinion, salespeople or CS people shift from evangelism towards actually closing the deal is where their position as trusted advisor becomes suspect. Yeah. And so at that point, I would advise a handover. And so CS is really responsible for opportunity identification mm -hmm. and opportunity, uh, just identification, right? Lead, lead creation and opportunity identification. And the qualification and close should probably be done by a salesperson. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a transition to handoff and together, this team works to identify new opportunities and drive expansion um, in a way that suits the strengths of both of these teams. Okay. Okay. Nice. So there, there's something often uh, I've seen is uh, um, 
you know, like there's different profiles in, in customer success management. And uh, some, for example, do not have experience in sales or are at understanding and kind of sniffing an opportunity. And, and so um, a lot of junior CSMs will uh, kind of see any kind of, uh, you know, customer will say, oh, I really like this. And they will say, oh, that's a, that's a new business opportunity or upsell opportunity I should hand it over. So how do you make sure that, uh, you know, you don't get too many kind of like leads that are passed and that are just terrible leads? Uh, based on on misunderstanding basically i think that just like i think it's a great point and it's it um you know it has to do with the evolution of a csm organization towards uh driving revenue and this takes time and that takes education and so just like you have sales training around asking the right questions and and having the right qualification criteria in sales Uh, It's the same thing in CS. We have to have the right qualification criteria. Do you have a buyer? Do you have a champion? Do you have the budget? Do you have a need? Do you have a pain point? Right? Asking these basic questions to ensure that an opportunity actually exists um, is necessary. And then and then see and then and then putting the CS team through the motions of documenting that stuff and having reviews to ensure that the team is learning from each other on these critical um, questions, I think is really important. Okay, great. You just actually made me think uh, there's more uh, people I can sell to in businesses. You know, I can train my SDRs, I can train account executive, and I can train CSMs. So it's right. more business for me. Perfect. Okay, now that's a great point. You know, it's, it's because um, that's something I've seen a lot. You know, there's, 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 you would say there's different experiences and there's different kind of... Uh, personality types and some are you know are naturally enthusiastic and uh, that's what the case when you're a junior and someone says oh i really like the product and then what you hear as a junior is like they want to they want to buy you know and so uh that's that's often uh, like a a big point of of trouble it's also the case with sdrs who are bdrs to account executives so so that's uh that's interesting but it's basically the same as you say so so yeah very interesting on that um so yeah, I think I think and any other point you want to address maybe on, on that because for me it's pretty clear it was really a cool uh, you know cool conversation. So any other thing you would like to add? Um, you know, I think I think that's uh, I, I would only add that you know customer success and sales um, and sort of professional services. Uh, I just want to point out that it, they're part of a larger sort of go to market mm-hmm. that's focused on the customer. And yeah. so, um, you know, I look at customer success as definitely as a, um, as a philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a philosophy where, you know, basically it's a reality for all businesses today that the customer experience and customer loyalty need, uh, you know, need to be and are critical focus areas for successful companies, yeah. um, you know, and then, and then taking it two steps forward in 2020 and having a data-driven scientifically engineered strategy for maximized customer revenue uh, by driving customer retention, expansion, and advocacy, um, you know, is really, uh, in my mind, what customer success is about. So, and we're, we're all still learning. It's still a growing, growing field. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also looking forward to learning uh, more about this over time. Yeah. That's what's super exciting with our jobs. Like whenever you're kind of this revenue side of the business, 
there's so much learning and everything evolves all the time. So that's why it's so exciting because it's never the same. And your organization right now compared to last year and one year from now is totally different, you know? So it's, uh, that's what is, is really cool in this, um, this kind of, of thing. So um, like now you've earned the right to pitch anything. So if you hiring, if you, I don't know, if there's anything you want to promote, uh, you can talk about that. So yeah, anything you'd love to, to mention? Hey, I would just uh, promote Contentful. Contentful is an awesome um, software company for content management software. And so if you're a developer, if you're an engineer, or if you're looking for content management solutions that are nimble, fast, performant, and modern using modern technologies, uh, Contentful is the way to go. Yeah, I can totally say that's the case. I know a lot of people are Contentful and uh, and the quality of the, the, the software you've built is is quite crazy so yeah i think that's uh that's definitely a good choice so if if people want to you know ask more questions get more of you where can they can they reach out oh of course so i'm on linkedin uh so again my name is saud shah i'm on linkedin please uh, you know ping me on linkedin happy to connect i'm always happy to have uh conversations with customer success leaders or customer success enthusiasts and just uh, you know, chat about customer success philosophy and methodology anytime. So uh, always happy to learn and uh, and have those conversations. Great. So I'll add both links for your LinkedIn profile and the Contentful in the the episode description, so people can uh, can get there. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, Sahut. That was really cool. And um, yeah, talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye bye.